Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus looking at all these things and saying, they're not taking drugs, they weren't smoking, but they were lost. And he was saying, I have compassion for them. I don't look at them and go, you dummies. See, sometimes we do that. What's wrong with you neighbors? What's wrong with you people? You're sinners. Well, sinners sin. That's what you and I did before we came to Christ. But think about it for a moment. While we're laughing inside, or just not even caring, follow the end of their road. Leads to hell. Today, Pastor Mark teaches we need to care enough to share. In the world we live in, it's easy to get into a selfish me, myself, and I mentality. Christians need to develop compassion like Jesus. To really see the need of all people shouldn't be ignored. It can't be a program and it can't be forced. It has to come from the heart. Many people are sending out an SOS. Sometimes it's loud and clear. Sometimes it's quiet. Can you see through these hidden messages for help? Don't be fooled. Every heart is empty without God. Instead of just minding your own business, pray, care, and share. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 36, with his continuing study entitled, Be Wise, Win Souls. Repentance means this. If I'm walking this way, true repentance means this. Not going, I'm sorry, and just keep walking. Many people say to me, I have a friend, a husband, a wife, who prayed a prayer of salvation, but nothing changed in their life. They're still walking what way? Same way. Well, did they really get saved? I doubt it. I'd, I'd be very leery. So that means changing direction. Repent means I'm going to now follow Jesus Christ. Now to do that requires a second key. Look at it. Believe. It's an action word. It's not just a state of mind. It's an action word that produces obedience. It speaks of a relationship of trust independence. This is very different than this mental agreement that Jesus lived and died and rose again. Satan believes that. It doesn't mean I read the Bible. Do you know, Satan's read the Bible many times. Is Satan a believer? No. So this belief is not just mental. It's a lifestyle change of following him. And when we come here, we're to learn all of these keys. Now, as you go through the Bible, you see the New Testament. People repented. They believed. They followed Jesus. Over and over and over and over and over. You watch these people over and over again. Repent and follow Jesus. Because they believed that he was the Son of God. It's a, an action word. It's a belief that means obedience. Something took place in your life. So what that means is this. If God opened the door for you with someone at work who said, why are you going to this church? Why are you happy? You ought to be able to say, 
Because man is empty without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about this church. It has nothing to do with this church. It has nothing to do with this guy speaking. It's about God. Can you? A few months ago, I was flying on another flight, and I sat next to a gal. And I was by myself on that particular trip. And a young gal who was visiting from Canada, and we began talking. Somehow, and I usually say, God, if you'll open a door, I'll uh, try to share for you. I don't push it because I don't believe in pushing it. God has to open the door. You, you can be very aggressive and push it. You're just hitting a dead wall. And often, you, let me say this very carefully. If you try to push a door open and turn somebody off, they will be turned off for a lot of people when they're ready to have the door open. So be very careful. Don't go in and say, well, I have the gift of evangelism. I'm just going to open the door. No, you don't have the, you have the gift of human pushiness. <laughs> now, on the other side, when God opens a door like this, you ought to say, I wonder if the door is open. <laughs> no, the door is open. So we began talking. We were talking somehow, got on the subject of end time things. And I said, we're on this plane for another hour and a half. Do you mind if I share with you? And she said, about what? I said, well, what the Bible says about end times. And she said, well, I've... I've been to church all my life, but I really don't know what you're talking about, but I'd be willing to. So I took a napkin out, and I wrote on this in the next 15 minutes or so, end time things, the rapture, the second coming, uh, the antichrist, I showed her the mark of the beast, and so forth on my hand and forehead, and <laughs> I was just waiting for you to see if you're alive. No, I just shared these principles, and I said, all of this is going to happen. The world's going to end. And the key is, where are you going to live? And she says, she's about mid-twenties. She said, I've been to church my whole life. I never heard any of that. That is not unusual. Could you, if God opened the door this afternoon to your neighbor, and he said, why do you go to church? Could you draw the bridge illustration that we've done many times? If you don't know what that is, just get a tape. Marketplace evangelism. Could you draw that? Could you show how man's in sin and separated from God and there's no way for man to get to God except through Jesus Christ? Could you? He said, well, I couldn't do that. That's for you pastors to do. We are not an aquarium. It is not for the pastor to do. Now you say, well, you do that because you're a pastor. No, I don't do that because I'm a pastor. I do that because the Bible says he who wins souls is wise. See, I did that before I was a pastor. You don't need to know very much. I showed you all you need to know this morning. person needs to repent, and repent just seems to mean what? Change of path and belief. It's an action word. It's not complicated. The Bible says we ought to be able to give an answer to everyone that asks for the hope that's within us. That means every single person sitting here that's a Christian this morning should be able to do that simply and honestly. So the second thing is study the Word of God. Back to Matthew chapter 9. Verse 36. The third thing that's required, and this is essential. The third word is compassion, feeling or vision. Compassion. Verse 936, Jesus said, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, the Pharisees had turned inward. The religion of the Jews was the Pharisees. They ignored the hurting, stressed out, troubled, frustrated, clueless people. Jesus was trying to say to his disciples, watch this, listen, wake up! That's what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples. He was trying to say, do you see the sheep? Do you see the people? They don't know how to live life. They've been following this dead religion that these Jews don't have a clue because they'd been removed from God. It was just form and rules. And he says to his disciples, 
How do you feel about your people? Let me ask you this morning. How do you feel about your neighbors, your friends, your classmates, knowing they have no clue about how to live life? Do you have compassion? Can you have a feeling for them? See, Jesus looked at these people and he went, man, my heart hurts. They just don't know what to do. You know, sheep, when we get to Psalm 23, whenever that is, we'll learn that sheep are the dumbest animals alive. And the Bible calls us sheep. I'm a sheep too, so don't get excited. Do you know that it's known that a sheep will lead and head right over a cliff and the other sheep will follow? Do you know that's exactly what people do today? I'm going to take drugs. I'm going to take drugs too. And in this day and age, listen, when we know smoking absolutely 100% kills, people still smoke. So Jesus looking at all these things and saying, they're not taking drugs, they weren't smoking, but they were lost. And he was saying, I have compassion for them. I don't look at them and go, you dummies. See, sometimes we do that. What's wrong with you neighbors? What's wrong with you people? You're sinners. Well, sinners sin. That's what you and I did before we came to Christ. But think about it for a moment. While we're laughing inside, or just not even caring, follow the end of their road. Leads to hell. Who's going to change that? Well, if I've been placed in their path, when God opens the door, I have to care enough to change it. I have to have compassion. You see, as you leave here this morning, I can't force you to share. That's impossible. My goal is to challenge you to care enough to share. Only God can do that. Has to be the same for me. See, if I share because I have to, forget it. As I go up to the door, hoping they're not home. And you're saying, I hope nobody's home so I can go on to the next one. Well, why were they doing it? And I don't mean it's a bad thing to contact people. But why were they doing it? They're doing it because they had to. It's a program. It can't be a program. It's got to be the heart. Do you care this morning? Is there any compassion? How interesting. Jesus said these people were hurting big time. Let me ask you four questions quickly. Do we have compassion like Jesus to really see the need of all people? Of all people? Can we see through their hidden messages for help? In their everyday talk, are we sensitive enough to hear their cries for help as they look for answers to life? Are our ears attuned to hear a cry of somebody who doesn't just say to you, how can I be saved? They say to you, my marriage is hurting. I'm struggling with my finances. I don't know what to do with my teenage son. I'm confused about life. Are we sensitive enough? From teenager up, for many of you that are older, 50 plus, you hear somebody say, I think I've wasted my whole life. You think they're saying something to you? They're looking for answers. Every heart is empty without God. Whether Malay, Filipino, Thai, American, black, Indian, whatever they're made in the image of God. Jesus had compassion. Do we have answers to their questions? Could you share your own testimony, how you got out of the jungle of sin and how you came to Christ? 
What excuses do we use? Let me list some. Common from Mark Milton Murk. I don't have any non-Christian friends. It's the number one excuse. I don't share because I have no non-Christian friends. We shouldn't be proud of that. You see what that is, is what? Fishbowl mentality. We just swim together. We just swim together. Everything I do is with Christians. How boring. Is that right? See, one of the dangers when people say, oh, i just like to come on staff and work for you at the, at the church here. It'd just be great among all Christians. There's never any problem. <laughs> come and work for us. Bring yourself. You're going to be the problem. Sure, there's problems because we're what? People. And one of the dangers is, it's one of the things I hate. That's why I like traveling. Because when sometimes you're stuck here, and I don't mean that in a negative term, but all Christians, I don't get to share. I want to be more like you. That's why I enjoyed those days where I got outside of this building. See, the world needs to know that we have practical solutions to life. If you have no Christian friends, I was talking to some guys yesterday, they started, somebody's coaching basketball and somebody's coaching a soccer league and somebody's coaching, good, get out there among them. That's where we need to be. Another excuse, I don't have the gift of evangelism. What does that mean? The Bible says everyone is to go. No, I'm not Billy Graham and either are you. So what? Number three, I don't have the time right now. When will you have the time? Aren't you glad when someone shared with you for the very first time they had the time? You see, when God opens the door, that's the time. When God opens the door, that's the time we share. I can't change a heart. But when God opens it, you want to share. Another excuse. I'll just live out my faith in front of my friends. They'll somehow figure it out. No, they won't. They're confused. They don't know. Let's look at our last one this morning. Pray. Pray. Matthew 9, 37. Jesus says, because there's a problem, you have to go, you have to know the word, you have to have compassion for people, but lastly, you have to pray. Look at verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What what does that statement mean? The harvest is plentiful. That means this, outside of this building are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are looking for answers. It's not like, well, nobody's interested in the gospel. Not by that term, but they're interested in finding out how to live. Jesus said in those days, he said, look about all these people, look around you. The the people are searching, the harvest, they're there, but there's not enough workers. Who's the worker? You, me, because we care. So he says, He's going to say in the next verse, disciples, you pray that God will send more workers. Look what he says in verse 38. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's a prayer that I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for me. And I want to pray for this church. Let me show you two more keys as we talk about praying. Number one, as we pray, don't limit God. One of the things I want you to pray for is an open door. So you can share this week. 
I'm serious about this. Can you imagine if every single person in this building this morning prayed for an opening this week? Do you believe God would give one? Where would we put the people next week? You let us worry about that. You and I need to share. Not because we have to. Well, Pastor Mark's going to ask me next week when I come in, did I share or not? No, because it should be a lifestyle. Don't limit God. One of the wonderful testimonies while we were in Singapore, one of the elders sat me down and he said this. He said, my dad is over 60, and he was raised a Buddhist. And he did all their funerals. He was into teaching. He did all of that all his life. About three months ago, his dad got born again. And he was in the four teachings that he did in that church. He was there taking notes. That is impossible without God. Six oh years, a Buddhist, today a Christian, don't limit God. Don't limit him. All things are possible. You say, well, that person next to me at work never will happen. Somebody said that about you. Is that right? Yeah, some of you are very unlikely too. Probably most of us. Second, as we pray, start in our homes first. Start in our homes first. Do you know the latest research says this? After 18 years of age, listen, after 18 years of age, a person has a 6% chance of becoming a Christian. Now do you see why we believe in children's care, teaching, youth? Doesn't mean you can't come to the Lord, but the percentages, the older we get, the more difficult. That's why the 60-year-old Buddhist is... Absolutely a miracle. Look at this last statement. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. I have it for you in the overhead. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. Paul knew there was a judgment day coming. He knew at the end of this road was hell. See, God's love. God doesn't want anybody to perish. I could have sat in that, in that restaurant, I that open booth that day on the, on the sea there in Singapore and said to these guys, how, how many of these Malay does God want to perish? What is the answer? None. Well, let me ask you this morning. How many people in Brevard County does God want to perish? How many will? Many. Many. It's not His will. So Paul says, I, I try to persuade. That didn't mean I go door to door and, and just push door. He just said, when the opportunity comes, I try to say to him, man, God's real. He loves you so much. You need to repent and believe and head this direction. Paul said, I know what's coming and I have that burden. You and I need to be that same person this morning. Are we going? Are we learning? Are we caring? Are we praying? I can't do it for you. But this church is not an aquarium. Many of you are doing well. I appreciate it so much. But God burned this on my heart. I'm more convinced today than ever that the time is now. We don't have time to wait. The time is to begin sharing. We need to be going. We need to be learning how to share our faith. We absolutely have to have compassion. We have to be caring people here. And I know many of you are. And lastly... We have to be praying people. The poorest attendance of anything that we do in this church is our prayer meeting tonight. That's sad. 
Now, I don't ask you to come because you have to, but wouldn't it be great if we couldn't find room to fill the place because we're praying for the lost? It's one of the things we're going to do now is pray for the lost. It's only an hour. Do you care enough? Not just about tonight. It is a lifestyle for all of us. And I just want to say this at the end. Paul challenges people because of the truth in Revelation 20.15. I have it for you in the overhead. It says this. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, Paul knew he had a vision of heaven, but he knew at the end of this road, this, there's only one road of life. If people didn't follow Christ, they ended up in the lake of fire. Now, God doesn't want any... In fact, he didn't design hell for people. He designed it for Satan. Think for a moment, our friends and loved ones who don't come to know the Lord. Hell is real. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And Paul says this, if your name isn't in God's book of life, you see, we won't stand as a group of people on Judgment Day. You'll stand alone before God, a loving God, but he's also a just God. And if you say, well, I'm ready to change my mind now, it's too late. That's why the urgency to share the gospel now. Not pushing open doors, but when doors are there, not saying, oh, I don't have time. Make time. I, I can't change anybody. Sometimes we just plant a seed. For sure, John was planting seeds to his Buddhist father for years. And Satan would say this, and he says the same to you and I, quit praying, it'll never happen. It happened. Keep praying. Keep believing. This morning, as you go, let's make sure. Put your little car down. Just put your little car down today. Someone this afternoon, just write, go, learn, care, pray. Put it down. Put it in your car. Pop it there and listen to it all week. Go, learn, learn, learn how to share, care, pray. Say, God help me. The loss is here. Now I want to just say one more thing and we're through. Listen, some of you are here. I ask you at the beginning of the service, if your funeral was yesterday, where would the most valuable thing that you own go? Your soul. Some of you don't know because you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart. You have to person. It doesn't come by osmosis. You must repent and you must believe. The time for you to ask Jesus Christ into your heart is now. Today's the day. Come join us. We'll have fun here, learning. And then we're going to go out and watch God change our world for Him. Is that right? Now this tape should be in your home. And you need to listen to it. It's not new to most of you, but it's the heart of God. And His heart has never, ever changed. Because it has a heart for the lost. Pastor Mark just asked, what do you do when God shows you a door? Do you knock it down, terrifying those on the other side? Do you question if it's really going to open in hopes that what's on the other side somehow goes away? Or do you wait for Him to open it, willing and ready to join Him in His work? Christian, let God open the door, but make sure you walk through it with Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will begin a brand new study in God's Word. It's our prayer that these messages through the book of Proverbs has caused you to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here